If you're like many Christian parents these days, you may be discouraged and wondering just how much worse the world can actually get, the world that your child has to navigate. I mean, let's face it, the world we grew up in at least seemed to be a bit more straightforward. Not everyone followed the rules, but at least most people agreed on what right and wrong were. In many ways, screens and keyboards have become our kids' gateway to the culturally accepted source of moral inspiration and discernment, or lack thereof. We might say that they're the new altars of worship. Many of the moral values our culture now accepts appear to be totally antithetical to scripture, science, logic, and what used to be called common sense. Now, if you've been waiting, even praying for some dynamic spiritual or political leader to come along and put a halt to all this madness, well, you may be in for a long wait. What seems to be needed is a reboot, America 2.0 or Christianity 2.0. And imagine what that would look like if it were birthed in our own Christian homes. We'll talk about that next on Licensed to Parent. Hello and welcome to yet another edition of Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy, offering insight for today's culture on the best way to raise healthy kids in today's digital age. Shepherd's Hill Academy is a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis, and uh, we're glad to have you along with us. I'm Rich Rosel. Our host on License to Parent is the founder and director of Shepherd's Hill, Trace Embry. And uh, Trace, sometimes when uh, things get messed up really badly, you kind of get to the point where it's best just to wipe the slate clean and start all over again. So, um why do I have the sense that you might uh, be feeling that way about not only today's American culture, but also the way that so many Christian families seem to be humming along with it right now? Yeah. Well, I don't know, but that's exactly how I feel. Uh, you know, the great Vince Lombardi, head coach of the Super Bowl winning Green Bay Packers back in the 60s, this guy won five NFL championships in the first two Super Bowls ever played. And then all of a sudden, when the Packers started losing more games than, you know, Lombardi thought was acceptable, he astutely noticed that his players had forgotten the basics of, of what made them so successful. At least they weren't executing those basics. So he sat the men down in the locker room and, and told them that they needed to get back to the fundamentals of the game. And that's when he picked up an inflated pigskin, showed it to his players and said, gentlemen, this is a football and then he proceeded to go down a list of other obscenely obvious fundamentals of the game that probably ruffled a few feathers. But I think when it comes to how far we've strayed from the fundamentals of what made America the envy of the world and the fundamentals of what healthy parenting should actually look like, I think we may have to do a similar thing that Lombardi did, but only with America's political leaders and America's parents. And it will ruffle some feathers, Rich. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Uh, I remember my dad saying, raising kids is, is really simple. See size of parent, see size of child, class dismissed. Well, you know, just like in a lot of popular sayings and cliches, there's an element of truth and an element of ridiculousness in that statement. But like Lombardi and the football, it was said to make a greater point because we really do need to get back to the basics. Generally speaking, for America, this means a proper interpretation and execution of the Constitution. Generally speaking, when it comes to raising kids, it means a proper interpretation and execution of biblical principles and mandates. And right here is where we've gone far adrift as parents in America. And since the family is the most fundamental form of government, it only stands to reason that in a democratic republic like America, a nation of the people, by the people, and for the people, that when the parents who are supposed to be the leaders of the family get it wrong, 
then that failure is likely to continue failing upward and outward into our greater society. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about bleeding into every aspect of our culture, including our education system, the arts, our media, our politics, and even our faith. So, yes, I do think it's way past time for the average Christian Joes and Josephines of the world to hit the reset button on their faith. Grow some spinage and band together in a courageous and concerted effort to wake up woke America, not just to the insanity of of that so-called wokeness, but to the declension and the division of this nation as a result. But it's going to require an awakening to the truth, a repentance from the demonic redefinition of godly terms defined by the devil's dictionary, and then getting back to the spirit-inspired fundamentals of nature's God and ecosystem. At least that's how I see it. Well, that's a good view of all of it. We, uh, we have asked a very special guest, a repeat offender on the Licensed Parent Program, to come back, though, and help us uh, with this understanding of the reawakening. Eric Holmberg is the founder and director of Real to Real Ministries and the Apologetics Group. Uh, he's not only an ordained minister, but he's also an author, a speaker, and a video documentarian. His work has been featured on a number of broadcast and web media platforms, and his writing has been featured in such publications as Focus on the Family Magazine, Time Magazine, and the American Family Association Journal. Eric's work covers everything from revival to rap music and from science to sex, helping to bring a biblical worldview to the conversation and transform lives. And, uh, Trace, the reason we've asked Eric to join us is because of a new project he's working on called The Divine Reset, America 2.0. And uh, I dare say he can uh, unpack this for us in a way that'll help us to say, yes, that is the answer. Eric, glad to have you with us. Good to be here, guys. Well, tell us about this project you're working on right now. Well, um, back in uh, 1999, I I had speaking at conferences and... and, uh, I began to talk about the fact that homosexual marriage was coming out of America like a freight train. And at the time, everybody basically uh, said, you're crazy. I mean, that's just not going to happen. I've actually rebuked by some faith teachers saying, that's just that's just unbelief. You know, come on. And even most homosexuals wouldn't have thought it was possible to see it happen as quickly as it did. Right. But sure enough, and now the transgender thing come in almost overnight. Boom, we're here. But I kind of had this sense that... that things are coming to an end. There's an old expression in political philosophy that the closer you get to the end, the faster things tend to go. And mm-hmm. 10 times in scripture, uh, the Bible talks about your judgment coming suddenly. Right. And uh, human beings have this incredible capacity. In fact, it's been well documented by psychologists and people that study these types of things that uh, we can sit here and think that no matter how bad things are, that somehow they're just going to be okay tomorrow. Um, we're just It's just this cognitive dissonance, uh, whatever, you know, the root of it is. But it's just a well-documented phenomenon. But suddenly things can change. Uh, uh, early part of the 20th century, Europe was more or less at peace, a little bit of rumbling here and there. And then suddenly an assassination, and next thing you know, we're in a world war. So uh, I, I've been sensing for a while that things are starting to go faster and faster and faster, which basically forebodes some type of terminal moment. Mm-hmm. So I was watching the uh, uh, first debate uh, the clown show that we call the uh, Trump-Biden uh, debate, the first one, which was just absolutely incredible. And behind yeah. the two uh, debaters, if you want to call that a debate, there was a banner, kind of American flag with an eagle, and it said, uh, uh, the Constitution and the Republic forever. And, of course, the Pledge of Allegiance, we say, we, uh, 
you know, that this nation indivisible. And I quit saying that a long time ago. Uh, mm-hmm. Once I began to realize the only thing that's indivisible is God. And that's a problem with America because we tend to deify our nation. It's a great nation, but it is not, uh, you know, it isn't the be all and end all right. of God's purposes in the earth. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just watched this debate unfold and thought, you know, the Constitution forever. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great document. Now, there's a few things I would tweak about it, but the union is just coming unglued. Look at this thing right. playing out in front of us. It was just like a prophetic theater, uh, you know, this kabuki dance. Mm-hmm. So that became the genesis of the project, Trace and Rich. I just thought, you know, we, we just need to talk about where we are right now, wake people up, and then scratch our heads and say, what, where do we go from here to survive? Yeah. I think it was Don Wildman or maybe Cal Thomas or maybe both. Um, it had to be over 20 years ago. I heard him say that, that Christians had lost the culture of war here in America. And I thought, well, that's a defeatist attitude. We've still got room to fight back. But looking at America today... Um, they're looking more right every day. Uh, what did they see back then that virtually nobody else saw, everyone else missed? Well, um, again, people just tend to, uh, what was it that Francis Schaeffer said? The twin gods of America are personal peace and affluence. And you look in the Bible. Boom, right there. And it's, al- it's always the same thing. Israel gets blessed. They start to follow right. God. Things start to you know come into place. They start to prosper. Then they forget God. That's exactly right. And and there's always been prophetic people. Wildman and Cal Thomas are one of many. But there was lots of people that were beginning to understand Francis Schaeffer, probably most notably uh, Alexander. And I can never say his last name. I have like this. Yeah, Solzhenitsyn. Solzhenitsyn. <laughs> yeah, Solzhenitsyn. But he, you know, very, very prophetic as well. So, yeah, yeah there's been people who've seen it. But but uh, it, it, as I said, right now, it's really gotten to the, we're, we're now at terminal velocity. Yeah, and you say that, and I agree with it. We we, we, we know we're, we're kind of... Kind of, we're losing the cultural war, no, we've lost uh, it. And, and how it's affecting you know parents and the family. We have these enclaves, uh, you know, in America that still shoot back, I guess. But do you think that Christian parents really understand the extent of the damaging effect on their kids uh, that the culture is having on, on their kids, and just how much worse things can actually get without fighting back? I mean, we're, we lost our courage. Why don't we? Where did our courage go? Well, and that is a real problem. Uh, in fact, Solzhenitsyn said that was uh, that the West has lost its courage. And uh, so of all the things that are going wrong, you know, I, I'm a big believer, and I trust you guys are as well, that meat rots. I mean, that's just the nature of the fallen world. Uh, entropy sets in and meat rots, tends to rot, unless there's some preservative that's put in place. And we know what that preservative is. Jesus made it very clear. We're the salt of the earth. We're the light of the world. And then if we don't do our job... The culture rots. So I would, you know, I think that one of the first things we have to do is sit down and take a hard look at who we are, yeah. how we are raising our kids, our families, how we're interacting with the culture, how we're practicing uh, everything from the marriage bed and sex to, to what we watch and listen to, to, to what we give our time to, our money to, issues of courage. Uh, you know, all these things add up. And basically, that's what this video is, this documentary series is going to be about is really forcing the church. Listen, um, Jesus said if the salt loses its savor, continuing with the metaphor, uh, it's fit for what? Uh, nothing but to be thrown out and trampled mm-hmm. underfoot by men. And if you look at America right now, hello, I would say, you know, it's pretty obvious that Christians are being trampled underfoot. We're being right. canceled. We're being marginalized. You can have any kind of wacky idea in the world 
But if you try to stand up and profess that, that there's some transcendent moral standard by which all men are called to live and that Jesus Christ is Lord, you're a bigot, you're a what, you're a racist, you're a homophobe, you're everything. Right. And it's got to the place now. Let's, I was I was in uh, South Bend, Indiana, a few weeks ago, uh, home of Notre Dame, and yeah. which was used to be a, a you know a great uh, Catholic uh, university that stood for you know Christian principles. Uh, I met secretly with four students who were uh, fans of a gentleman I was there to interview, E. Michael Jones. But they didn't dare uh, let the school know that he was that they were being seen with him because he's radioactive. He was fired by one of the affiliated colleges at, at Notre Dame uh, because they found out he was pro-life. And this is a Catholic university at Notre Dame. At Notre Dame. He was fired because he was pro-life. Uh, <laughs> they have homosexual professors there now. They, it's just so it's it's a canary in a coal mine example of just how far down the rabbit hole we've gone as a culture and. Every single front you can look at, you see this type of manifestation. But I was challenging these guys. They said, "Look, you know, you're 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 in the in the, in the really the diagnostic tool I found now to ask people. It just cuts to the chase. Isn't whether people are pro life or this and this. Just what's the attitude about gay marriage uh, at, on the campus? Or well, we've got homosexual professors. If we say this, will be canceled. They estimated about two percent of the fifteen thousand students would say that gay marriage is wrong." So I said, well, what, are you going to speak out about it? Are you going to stand up? And, and they said, we can't. If we do, I mean, I'm in law school. One of the kids said, I'm in law school. Uh, I'll get tossed out. So that's, that's where we're at now. The people don't, and I get it. I mean, you know, I, I'm an older guy. I don't mind getting canceled. I don't mind getting thrown in jail. I, you yeah. know, ultimately, I'd rather die a, a martyr's death than from, right. by inches of old age. But so we're in a real pickle where yeah. most people are having to struggle with their maintaining their job so they can pay yeah. for their... Well, they have too much stuff. They've been too comfortable and they don't want to lose it. You know, it, I, True. I, I, Although they're also good people out there, my own kids who've got children, they want to raise them. And sure. So it's it's we're really in a pickle and I'm scratching my head with this video. Honestly, it's kind of a discovery journey of discovery for me is what is it that we do? And one of the arguments I'm making is that this happened on the boomers watch. So it's really up to the boomers yep. to step up to the plate. We've got, we're settled now. We've got pensions, or at least I, I, I don't, but a lot of people do. You think, do. so the Russians would have us believe. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, um, but, you know, we, we, it's, it's, it's really on our shoulders to step out and say, okay, we'll, we'll be the first to cross the barricade. And if we fall, then crawl over my yeah. body and press on, you know. Well, you know, here we are doing a radio program for, for parents. We're trying to attract listeners that, you know, uh, to, to help the people who, who listen. And, of course, at Shepherd's Hill, we're trying to help kids and the parents who raise those kids. How do, we, how do we do this? How do we have this conversation without turning them away? Uh, because that's, that seems to be the default uh, response is just, you know, run. Don't, turn, turn it off. Cancel. How do we turn the light on for people with, without them being blinded by that light? And, and wanting to, to, to run from it. Because this conversation is going to go largely to people who don't need to hear it. They already know it. Yeah. Uh, maybe it'll encourage them to, to act with some courage and get out and really do something. But this conversation needs to be heard to the masses. I mean, it's a bigger platform than we have. How can we do that? It's a real challenge because it is so overwhelming. You just feel like giving up. I mean, you know, it's just, right? how do I fight this? Well, step one is... Deal with the, the enemy that's in your own life and heart and then in your family. Turn your families into little 
microorganisms of the greater kingdom of God, uh, living cells that, that are living and breathing and functioning are able to, you know, connect with other living cells so that we can start just at our own, within our own homes and our own communities and churches, we can start taking dominion and bringing things back into divine alignment. What you're saying is we need to be a cancer cell in a good way. And we need to mutate and multiply what we know to be right in a good way and infiltrate basically the same way they did to us. But we need that's going to require courage. It's going to require people to, and, and some knowledge, too. Let's let's reverse this thing in time and go back to the early church. I mean, they, it was they met in catacombs and houses mm-hmm. and underground. They were right. they were they were an oppressed minority that had to be very careful lest they be taken and, and, and martyred. And uh, so they they uh, they Jesus said the kingdom of God is like what? It's like leaven hidden in a loaf. It's just yeah. small little yeast cells that just do their little you know. It's the cancer re- analogy. Yeah. yeah the, well, that's a you know cancer is the <laughs> yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Let, let's call it yeast. It's yeah. Okay. A little, yeast. Little there more you go. Positive. <laughs> Let me jump in here real quickly because we do need to take a break on behalf of our stations. We're talking today with Eric Holmberg. He's the founder and director of Real to Real Ministries and the Apologetics Group, and he's the producer of a new documentary called The Divine Reset, America 2.0. And when we come back from the break, I want to kind of find out what this might actually look like. There are some who have said, well, the republic needs to fall. We need to totally gut America and start over. Others who would say, nope, that's not necessary at all. In fact, looking back at Israel, it seemed every 30 or 40 years, they turned around. Maybe we will turn around as well. We'll get Eric's take on that and uh, have more conversation on today's edition of Licensed to Parents. Stay with us. Shepherds Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis, is celebrating 20 years of ministry. There have been many distractions in our work through the years as a result of a four-lane highway that divided our land. As a result, plans are underway to develop a whole new campus designed to improve our students' therapeutic experience away from the highway noise, along with up-to-date infrastructure and staff offices, all to help smooth out the day-to-day operations. The five-year, two-phase plan will begin with a new dining hall to be completed by the end of the year, followed by two new school buildings, also containing a new studio for licensed to parent. Please consider partnering with us, building together a new and improved Shepherd's Hill Academy. Learn more and make your gift today. Shepherdshillacademy.org slash building together. That's shepherdshillacademy.org slash building together. And thanks for helping us provide healing to teens in crisis. Your children are teens now. They're growing up and gaining independence. That's kind of the point of parenting, isn't it? You're raising future responsible adults, but they're not responsible adults yet. They may be able to do things on their own, but you still want to be able to contact them and you want to equip them for success. So you decide to get them a smartphone. But why a smartphone? For most people, that means 24-7 access to everything on the planet. And that's not wise, nor is it healthy. Digital addiction is prevalent these days. In fact, we see teens of all ages dealing with mental health and behavioral issues rooted in overuse of technology. Issues that affect health, wellness, ability to focus, performance in academics, and more. That's why at Licensed to Parent, we want you to choose a wise phone alternative instead of a smartphone. More information is available at LicensedToParent.org slash wisephone. 
listening to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. And you can find us and more about us online at our website, licensedtoparent.org. And our guest on the program today is Eric Holmberg. And we're talking about a uh, new documentary that he's produced called The Divine Reset, America 2.0. And we talked at the top of the program about whether we need not only an America 2.0, but a Christianity 2.0. And we're going to try to dig some more into that. Eric, I know as as a young man, a young Christian, looking at the Bible, I was always just blown away by the fact that Israel, the chosen people, could be walking with God and then suddenly forget themselves and uh, do an about-face. It's like, how can you forget the many blessings that God did 10 years ago, 20 years ago? And we as a people have forgotten what God has done for us five minutes ago. And yet, God repeatedly redeemed the people of Israel and turned things around. And so the despair that they felt they were facing, he snatched them out of it. Is that something that might happen to America, do you think? Or is it going to take a gutting and wiping the slate clean and, uh, and something more drastic on our part? Well, I certainly hope so. I mean, that is, you're right, Rich. That is exactly how God rolls. He's a merciful God, but a righteous and holy one. So uh, we are in judgment. We're not entering judgment. That's We're presently right. in judgment. We're now, I would say, officially in a kind of new Babylonian captivity. But we have lots of promises from Scripture that uh, in the midst of captivity, people are going to wake up, they're going to repent, they're going to strengthen the things that remain, and then at some point, uh, God is going to kickstart the whole process over again. Because ultimately, you know, so much of this depends on eschatology, Rich and, and Trace. It's, uh, and that's one of the things this video, this documentary is going to explore what is God's plan for the church in the earth? Are we supposed to just get knocked down and wiped out and Jesus comes back and saves us all? Or is there a longer term plan? And I don't, nobody really knows the exact answer to that because there's cycles of stuff. Um, But I think we're far better off if we just go, you know, maybe this is the end. Uh, A lot of people think it is and Jesus is coming back soon because things have gotten so dark. Or maybe this is just one more episode that in a long line of episodes. And it's not even the worst episode. Really? In some ways, in a lot of ways. Yeah, as far as physical suffering is right. concerned, yeah. We're no you know, we're this is not this is not Imperial Rome. Nobody's worried about getting grabbed out of their home and stuck on a pole and lit on fire, at least not yet. Mm-hmm. But um but so yeah, this is certainly as far as physical suffering, this is not as bad as past times. In other countries they are doing similar they, things. And like they are that. doing that. They are doing that. Um but to whom much is given, much more is required. And that's kind of right. a sobering thought in regard to America. We've been given so much, and we've just basically squandered it away. We've been asleep in the light. And meanwhile, the other side, the seed of the serpent, has uh, has accomplished their, as the Marxists say, their long, slow march through the institutions. And they pretty much own them all now. Right. They control them. So it's, it's in some respects, uh, it, it is very scary. But it's better to just assume, I mean, Jesus said, occupy till he returns. So maybe he's coming back, but maybe he's not, in which case it falls on our shoulders to repent and do the things that he's called us to do, the first works, and be about um, bringing this country back to God. And that's what this documentary is going to explore. Well, St. Francis, uh, you know, I keep going back to him. Was it St. Francis or was it uh, Martin Luther who said, uh, if I knew the Lord was coming back 
tomorrow I'd plant a tree today. Who who said that? I don't know, but that's one of the two guys. It's certainly a good saying. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, if I knew the Lord was coming back tomorrow, I'd plant a tree today. Well, yeah. How- well, listen, here, here's an analogy. I'm, uh, you know, you, we all have kids, um, and you know, we've told them to clean their room up, and and come gone up there, they haven't cleaned their room. So uh, we have a heavenly Father. He's given us His gospel. He's given us the Holy Spirit. He's given us everything pertaining to life and godliness, and he expects us to grow up and. And uh, go into all the world and take dominion. You know, he basically kickstarted the whole uh, God project that that started in the Garden of Eden, uh, filled the earth with my glory, and then Jesus re-kicked it off again with the Great Commission. And so we look at our room now, and it's a it's a crazy mess. And we expect our father to walk in and say, ah, you messed your room up. You know, I got it. Just, yeah. just get away. Right. I'll clean it up for you. <laughs> maybe, maybe, but... I'm thinking, no, nah, no, nah. it's, we've, we've created a mess and it's our job to pick it up. Right. Well, that's, that's very close to an analogy I use with our kids here. I say, you know, cause they, 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 they say, uh, well, how, God doesn't answer my prayers. And, 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 you know, so I don't believe he exists. He doesn't answer my prayers. And I'm like, okay, let me ask you something. And how could God, you know, they say, how can God be love? If he doesn't answer my prayers. Uh, let me ask you something, junior. Uh, you have a dog at home, you know, a pet cat, maybe. Uh, oh yeah. Most of them do. I said, and you love that, that animal, right? Yeah. And you love that animal probably to the point where if your parents would allow you, you'd, you'd let that, that dog sleep in your bed with you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and you want to bless that dog with a little doggy treat. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let's say you, you let her over in your bed and, and uh, you got these treats and you're chomping at the bit to treat him and he just barfs in your bed, you know, not because he has to, because he wants to. And, um, you know, how do you feel about giving him a doggy treat to, to, to reward him for that? Well, not so good. Well, what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to kick him out of the bed and, and probably kick him out of the house. Yeah, of course you, of course you are. But it doesn't mean you, you, you don't love him. You still love him. So the next night you try it again. And he's all happy and smiling. His tongue's hanging out. And he comes in bed with you and, and he's you know, salivating for that treat. And you're ready to give it to him. And he just yaks in your bed again. And so you put the treats away. So, and this goes on over and over and over again. You, you still love him, but there are consequences to not fulfilling your best interest for him and you, God's the same way. We're yakking in his bed all the time. And we're expecting, we want to live like hell, expecting heaven for a reward. And it just doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't work that way. But uh, how culpable is the church in all this? I mean, here we got an infrastructure, or we should have an infrastructure, where, that's already in place, where if we could just unite on, on how about let's just, let's, Unite on the cross. Let's, let's just start there, and and fight this thing back. We we've got a microscopic minority of people who have got us by the throat, and we have got an army in these places, these buildings called churches all across America, and we can't do anything about this. Yeah. This is insane. Take the internet away from me. We still should be able to do it. Yeah. There's a analogy, which I'm sure you've heard that, uh, I guess, and I don't know exactly whether this is true or just one of those little uh, stories that gets told, but, uh, um, but you take an elephant, a young elephant, and you, you, you put a stake in the ground and you tie it to that stake and in a way that it literally cannot pull it out of the ground because it's small and it's a big chain and stuff. And then the elephant gets used to it, the, the circus elephants and stuff or the elephants you're using domestically. And then you get to the point where they're just used to it. So you stick a small stick in the ground, a little small rope. They can pull it right out 
but they don't do it because they've been trained to think that they can't. Well, the fact of the matter is our founders, I mean, there's some things I've talked to some really interesting scholars and there's some things that uh, they, uh, most of them would, would tweak uh, concerning the Constitution Declaration of Independence. I wish Thomas Jefferson had written, we hold these truths to be uh, revealed in the word of God and, and manifest in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ that all men are created equal. Because it's not, it's not self-evident. It wasn't self-evident to Plato or Aristotle, two of the smartest political philosophers of all time. But they didn't see that all men were created equal as anything self-evident. In fact, they thought the exact opposite. Some people are born slaves. Mm-hmm. Why is it self-evident? Because we were living in a Christian milieu. Christianity right. had conquered the Western world. That's what Christendom, the Western world was. It was Christendom. So that's a little tweak we like to make. Uh, you know, judicial review is another one that some scholars brought up that uh, we give the Supreme Court too much power. In our state commerce clause, Patrick Henry wanted the Constitution to say we, we the states of the United States. Um, so it wasn't the people; it was the states that did it. More more emphasis on states' rights. But nevertheless, the Constitution is a powerful, best political statement foundation ever in human history, and it's still awesome. And uh, the fact of the matter is, the Constitution still gives us the rights as a people, as a, as a state, for example, to say. Uh, you know, we're going to we're going to we're going to ban abortion. Child killing is not going to happen in the state. And a couple of states have flirted with that. Uh, the problem is and they have every right to do that. And, and if Uncle Sam comes down and says you can't do that, the Supreme Court decision, Roe v. Wade, 1973, we just say, hey, uh, read the Tenth Amendment. Uh, we don't we don't buy this. You've you've way overextended your your influence in our state. We're going to we're going to regulate this. This is our, our responsibility as a state. Now, if they do it by themselves, um, the elephant analogy and stuff. You know, we've been so trained to think we can't do that. But if suddenly all across the country have each other's backs organized across the states and then to start seeing lots of people do this and then we all stand together, united we stand and we got to start pushing back against the federal government. So these are the types of little things. That's a big thing, of course. Again, it gets down to the yeast. It gets down to the individual, into the family. We've got to consecrate ourselves. We've got to get before the Lord and say, okay, what idols do I have in my life that's making me ineffective? Cowardice is one of them. Uh, you just being at ease in Zion. You know, I just got, got my mind. I want to rock the boat. Uh, and then Entertainment is a big one. The pornography, entertainment, uh, you know, our priorities are all wrong. Uh, there's there's lots of things. Uh, you know, one of the things that this is politically incorrect, but as this family show that you're talking to people about having godly families, we have got to unplug from the secular school systems. We just, oh my gosh. It's, just yeah. it's, it's ridiculous that we're handing our kids over, not just to humanists and stuff, but there's just more and more evil, wicked, satanic uh, types things are going on in the school systems, mm-hmm. and it's got to stop. And now, my goodness, we have the ability. I mean, God's plopped in our lap uh, all these these. You know, you can just get an incredible education online now if you're disciplined and you want to mm-hmm. do it. And you got schools, uh, Hillsdale, and other schools that are making more and more stuff available online. Uh, so yeah, that's that's a big one right there because basically the this long slow march to the institutions that's been accomplished by the Marxists. The area that they've been most effective, one of the most effective areas, and one that they targeted was the school systems. Yeah. And no now, doubt. you know, like Notre Dame, the Hitler example I gave earlier. Yeah. So. yeah. so how do you answer guys who are just died in the wool, uh, got to send my kid to public school because uh, we, do, we don't want to take the, the light out of the darkness? And, you know, my response to that is, my gosh, you know, Jesus gave this, the, the Great Commission to adults. I mean, uh, unless your kid's got a... 
a divine commission from the Lord himself. And you, 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 you get the same sense. I, I, and, and he has the strength to get, get in there and get the job yeah, done, but I don't see it. Yeah. Listen, women are not the same as men. Hello. Hello. And children are not the same as adults. Right. Train up a child in the way they should go. And when they're old, will you get a, an occasional kid that's just got a super strong relationship with God and just knows who they are? I can see to that. Every now and then that happens. But the vast majority of kids, are they're like clay. They're just being Lemmings. molded. And they're, and they're yeah. going to be molded by whatever whatever world they're around. You know, God designed man. This is a huge thought. Your anthropology will really de- determines a lot of things about your, your worldview. And if you understand that God designed man to be component parts of a bride, that's what he's doing. The whole purpose of life, God is building a bride. He's building a, a wife for the, for the second person of the Godhead. He's building a new divine council that one day is going to rule and reign with him even over the angels and in the world to come. Mm-hmm. But that that happens through a corporate connectedness, kind of a hive mind, to use the Star Trek example with the Borgs and stuff. But this is like your cancer analogy. It's a total flip of it. But, sure. you know, we are, we're designed to connect. And all kinds of studies now show that we're more influenced— our worldview and what we believe about things is largely determined by the by just the people we connect with, the no tribe that we're it. in. That's what a culture and, is. And that's particularly true for young people. Yeah. That's just their, their whole worldview is still being formed. So to put them eight hours a day and when their their interaction with their parents is down to one hour, half hour yeah. a day, whatever, which that's something that needs to be addressed as well. Turn mm. the, the TV off, right. sit down, have family dinners, have family devotions, have, read books together, talk, you know, just all that kind of stuff. Eat but, together. Eat together exactly, but but to, to that that's just insane to put your kid into a demonic system where it's sexually charged. There's there's confusion about gent everything. It's just yeah. absolutely insane, and, it, and it, it's not just insane. It's it's full throated rebellion against God. The it's, culture it's, a, it's an abomination, and we need to repent of it. Absolutely, we're gonna we're gonna lose, and that's that's probably one of the top three things I would look at why this country's gone to hell in a handbasket. Yeah. But we've got more to talk about. So let's talk about this next time. Will you be willing to do a second program Absolutely. with us Absolutely. Yeah, this is just too important to leave hang. Well, our guest today on Licensed to Parent is Eric Holmberg, and we've been talking about a new video project, a documentary that he's putting together called The Divine Reset, America 2.0. And so I guess we've had America 2.0.1, but we've got to get points two and three in perhaps next week. And we do hope that you'll join us for that. As a reminder, you can find all of the conversations that we have on Licensed to Parent on our website at LicensedToParent.org. And as a reminder as well, Licensed to Parent is part of Shepherds Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered therapeutic residential program for teens in crisis. And it's our goal on this program and through Shepherds Hill to export some of what we've learned so that you can be more intentional as a parent and with God's help avoid the need or a residential program for any of your children. You can help the work that we do continue through your gift to Licensed to Parent. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. And right now we are in the midst of a capital campaign as we start our 20th year of ministry. To celebrate, we're focusing our efforts on developing a new campus here that will include a new dining hall, two additional new classroom buildings, and moving our broadcast studio. Our need for space has certainly grown over the years, And uh, these new buildings will be a much-needed improvement over what we have at present. We feel that they're necessary to continue meeting the needs of the teens and the families that we serve now and in the future. 
If you'd like to learn more about the work that we do here and be a part of the future of Licensed to Parent in Shepherds Hill, let me ask you to visit shepherdshillacademy.org forward slash building together. At shepherdshillacademy.org forward slash building together. And thank you in advance. That is our time for today. Again, Eric Holmberg will be back with us again next week. Our thanks to our guest coordinator on License to Parent, Daniel Fazina. Our technical producer is Carl Peets. And for Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosal, inviting you back again next time for another chance to renew your License to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.